Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 76 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today and I have already been laughing for 15 minutes before you guys got here. Tom LaBelt, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. I'm really excited to have Tom here, guys, not only because he and I have had a really nice, fun laugh until you got here, so you're going to have a lot of fun today, um, but Tom has a really cool background and a lot of knowledge to share with us. So he was born in communist Poland, escaped to the U.S. when he was 11 in the early 90s, and a couple of the adventures that he's been on from then till <laughs> now, when he was seven, he was laying in the back of a car that was smuggling liquor back into the country. He was supposed to cry and scream if immigration wanted to check. At nine, he was helping Pops push product at soccer stadiums in Eastern Europe and was hustled a few times by the Russians in the other stands and learned his lesson. He learned how to sell and not be hustled. And the only games he played around the house had to do with money changing hands. Yeah, we're not going to discuss that one. Um, <laughs> his first computer was a Commodore 64, and it took over 10 minutes to load a game from the tape deck. And if not, he had to use a screwdriver to adjust the magnets in the tape deck and try again. And he is still from that generation that ran around for hours without any supervision. So just, just an interesting fellow, not standard. You know, I always read everybody's bios, you know, before we kick off. And a lot of them are very well written and they're very polished. And I'm excited to have Tom because I don't know what we're going to do today, but I <laughs> know it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's definitely not a polished bio, that's for sure. And you know what, though? There's so many of them. Mr. So-and-so was featured on... X, Y, and Z, same seven publications for all business people and honored at the same six things of all business people. And it, like, it gets boring. And this is yeah. not going to be boring. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. When, when someone says it, I'm like, okay, that's nice. W what did you do, really? Totally. You know, because we can just send a press release out through on a, like, PR web and boom, I'm published on 400 publications, too. Exactly. So, so tell me a little bit about, you know, what are you even doing now? Let, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the end and go back to the beginning for a minute. What is it that you're doing now in your business? So the main thing we do now is market online courses. You know, it's a big industry. It's booming. Um, I took a lot of my marketing knowledge and I found by niching down is where I found my sweet spot. You know, before when I was doing marketing for everyone, it's like, okay, well, why should I hire you over Jay Abraham? Mm -hmm. He's a marketer. I'm like, uh, there, there's not really a reason. I mean, he's better. But in online courses, if someone asks me, I'm like, well, Jay's got no idea about courses. This is why you hire me. And I'm just able to get clients easier and I'm, I'm better because I'm sticking with one thing. You know, it's a, it's a very niche uh, service, but I'm getting really, really good at it. So I can be one on the top in the world very quick, very quickly uh, compared to like something like marketing. You know, there's some big boys out there to, uh, to beat out. Totally. Well, I'm so excited about that because we um, have transitioned our company to be this really cool blend of uh, online courses and one-on-one -on -one consulting. Oh, nice. And, and so I'm going to totally pick your brain on this today. <laughs> and I think so much of this is moving here. So what's going to be really fun for us to discuss is my courses and my whole style is very generalist. It's 
micro business marketing strategy. So the, so the niche focus is that it's micro businesses, mm -hmm. um, but it's general business strategy and marketing strategy for service-based micro businesses, right? So it's kind of that, that mix. Um, yeah. But, but as we've transitioned everything to online courses, cause I max bandwidth, no matter how many hours I work, I can't meet with everybody. Everything's moving to group, group courses and online courses with a blend of, of people working one-on-one -on -one with the team. If they, if they want handholding, I am totally going to pick your brain on that. So now let's go backwards. Now, now I'm even more excited. I didn't even realize that guys. So let's go backwards. How'd you get here from lying in the back seat of the car, pushing illegals? <laughs> <laughs> pushing illegals. We were actually pushing liquor in the, in the back of the seat. And, you know, they, they used to uh, check the seat by hitting it, you know, and by me just crying, it was very distracting and they didn't find it. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was one of those things. My dad's like just scream and cry as loud as you get. Like first I didn't want to get out the car, but yeah, uh, I did. I was, I was just super distracting. But from that, you know, I've, I've always been interested in business. You know, when we came to the U.S., uh, I seen my parents, you know, they were working just regular jobs, you know, minimum wage, sometimes even below. Since, you know, new immigrants, they kind of took advantage of them. And I didn't see them. You know, when I went to school, they were gone. You know, I was just let out by myself at a key when I came back. No one's home, just a little bit of food waiting. I went to sleep, didn't see him, except the weekends. Wow. And they had no money. So I'm like, okay, that's, what, that's where jobs get you. Right. <laughs> that was a really good picture of what I don't want for my life. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so, you know, so that's what I've seen. Um, I did work some corporate jobs. You know, my dad's like, oh, you got to try it. You know, you got you to gotta get in there, you know, because in Poland, everyone thought if you work in a corporate job in America, you made it. I was like, no, not really. You know, I quickly realized I'm just a number. Mm -hmm. You know, when I quickly realized, because I did sales for a long time, uh, that me doing the selling, uh, I get one piece of commission, you know, even though if it's like six or nine months worth, but they get the recurring, you know, and right. I was playing uh, basketball with one of the other employees and we're thinking like, hold on a second here. Like if we did this for ourselves and we made 20 sales, we'd be set for the year. Right. You know, so it kind of turned me into trying to figure out how do I make my own thing? How do I sell my own recurring stuff? But you know, I did other stuff too. I was in the music industry for a while. Um, I did, uh, I was an engineer, uh, worked with some of the big artists in New York. Then I right, had my it. own. I need more details. What companies did you sell for? What artists? Like, okay. So, I, want, I, want, I want juicy details. Yeah, that's fine. The companies, uh, I worked for Nestle. I worked for Hilti, nice. uh, Unifirst, MetLife, Nationwide. What were you selling for all of them? Like, what um, were you doing so for Nestle? Corporate accounts? Like, what were you for, selling? Like, for, Nestle, uh, for Nestle, we were selling water, uh, the, the big bottles and the machines to small businesses around New York. So what I would do um, is just walk up and down the block. You know, we would get a zip code and we had to exhaust the whole zip code. So walk through every single business and see if we can sell them the machines and the water and, and things like that, right? And it was usually recurring. Great. Uh, so they would make maybe $150 uh per month per sale and i didn't even get a bonus from nestle wow you know so i was like well my have you seen office space before that movie no you know that movie? no okay i haven't seen it so just like in that movie i thought like well my only reason of being here is to to just work hard enough to not get fired because i'm not getting <laughs> a commission right i'm not i'm not getting anything extra than even if i sell more so I came up with this plan, and this is why I changed companies so much, is, you know what? I'm going to let them train me. I'm going to start hitting the goals and quit and move on to the next company. So I was actually trained by about nine or 10 different companies. 
Wow. You know, and I, I did inside sales, which is on the phone. Uh, I was working for a few moving companies. Those were pretty difficult. Um, outside sales, and that was uh, Nestle and Unifirst. Unifirst, uh, we sold um, carpets, uniforms, um, cleaning products, bathroom products. So like a monthly subscription. Almost so wait, all- inside means you're calling, so it's like smile and dial, and outside means you're walking door to door? Yes. Yeah. And all of this is cold sales. All of this is, you know, people- cold. Yes. You're, you're calling out of nowhere. They don't know who you are. I mean, with these giant companies, they've probably heard of you, but not necessarily. And you're like, you know, hi, I'm Tom. And they're like, click. Telemarketer. So the big company thing, it worked two ways. Um, I was actually one of these guys that tried to wear their uniforms as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, you know, with, with Poland Spring, which is a Nestle company, mm-hmm. um, sometimes they just wore the jacket and people would, you know, didn't happen often, but they would stop and like, hey, I want that water from you. You know, I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's nice. Um, but the other 50%, they would be like, ah, oh, pull in spring. Someone just came here a week ago. So before I even got through it, so, it, you know, it worked and it didn't, depends on the, on the person. Um, but yeah, the, the brand recognition is, is helpful for sure, especially with the insurance. You know, when I worked with MetLife, uh, we were the number one company in New York. So wow. even though nationwide, I worked for them too, offered bigger commissions. Um, with Nationwide, I had to explain to people why they should buy from me. With MetLife, it's like, well, obvious, right? We're number one. Right. You know, don't you see a blimp above the city? Like, we, that's ours. Like, <laughs> that's that's us. us. Yeah, so it, it does help. But it didn't. We had make- a guy on the show. His name is also Tom, actually. Tom Poland from Australia. And he calls it the, oh, what was that guy's name? The Hugh Jackman syndrome. Like, if Hugh Jackman comes and, like, proposes to you out of nowhere, you know, like, well, he's Hugh Jackman. But if, like, you know, he would, like, there's Hugh Jackman marketing where, like, you know who the guy is. You're like, yeah, okay, it's MetLife. Like, that's Poland Spring. You know, and then there's, like, you know, Nationwide. And you're like, oh, who are you? <laughs> Yeah, it was like a Long Island company. So, you know, anything from Long Island never gets respected. You know, it just doesn't. <laughs> as, as a former New Yorker, I, I definitely could hear that. <laughs> okay, so you did a lot of sales. I love how you kind of, you know, um, if we'll be honest, like use them. You served them well, you know, you kind of use them all for the trainings, really built up your skills. And then, and then what's the music industry? What would you do there? So right after college, uh, before between that and the sales jobs, because um, I, when I was younger, around 16, uh, I started a record store uh, with a couple older friends because I couldn't do it myself. I was too young to open it. So I got two college guys, you know, and they opened it and I was pretty much running it. Mm-hmm. So opened a record store, did all the DJing, um, just, you know, we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. How, how many years ago is this? When? <laughs> uh, this was like in 98, maybe 97, 98. And where was this? Where, where were you living? This was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is right by Chicago. Okay. 45 minutes to an hour away. And yeah, we, we just had a blast. We did a lot of raves around Chicago on the south side. Super unsafe. I would never do it now. But back then it was just like, yeah, why not? Why, why won't we go? You know, it's, it sounds like a legit thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it was cool, too, because I got, you know, to play in bars. And even though I was like 16 or 17, like everyone would put beers on the DJ thing, you know, like just why not because i'm the dj like it was just a different lifestyle it was great totally you and i I think are the same age i was also 16 and 98 there you go we're we're of the same generation i also played outside on supervised the the best generation (laughs) i think 
Well, because we had both of it, right? We had some of the digital age and some of the analog. Like we were still in between. Totally. And I kicked off right around that age is when I, I started teaching myself, you know, computers. I would sneak in, like my school did not have a computer lab, uh, not in the elementary school. No, so I was younger. What am I saying? At 98. I was, I was 13 when I like used to sneak into the high school library and mm. I started working on the computer and WordPerfect and like trying to figure out coding. So yeah, we are of that generation. Like just as we were coming of age, digital was becoming a, a thing. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, I think it was a great time because we still um, remember what it was like before. You know, because yes. when someone's like, you know, looking at their phones all the time, it's like, look, I had spent like the first 10 years not having a phone. Like you can live without it. My mom didn't know where I was and everything worked out. Yes, I survived. I'm still here to tell the tale. I wasn't kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, maybe it was a different age, but it's you know, I'm I'm glad I was able to live through that. And I think I it gave that. me some of the street smarts too, because things were not as connected before. You know, <laughs> if something happened, there's no way someone was going to film it on the phone. Right. You know what I mean, like yeah, it's, it's very, very different, very different than what happens now. Especially if you know you ever worked in the black market, uh, very different. <laughs> So music industry, was that the record store or did you so work? After, after the record store, I went to Full Sail in Florida. I was at a house party in Chicago mm-hmm. and I was very impulsive back then. And someone just said like, hey, you know, if you want to become an engineer, you should go to this school to someone else. They weren't even talking to me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go to that school. So <laughs> I, went, I sold everything and went to Full Sail. Um, the whole goal I had in full sale was to find someone that's going to get me into the industry in New York. Cause that's where I want it to be. Gotcha. And in my second year, right before I finished a teacher came who was in the unique studio, worked with all the artists that I remembered. I was like, that's the guy. So I bugged him every single day until he finally said, Tom, like with that persistence, you'll make it. And he introduced me, you know, when I got to New York, I got an internship immediately and I moved on to engineer pretty quick. Um, Very cool. So, but this is before all the sales jobs. This is before, yeah. This before, is before everything. So, around my twenties. So, what I wanted okay. to do is take care of all the things I want before I, you know, really do the things I have to. <laughs> you know, I didn't want any regrets. So now I'm, I don't like I've. I feel like I've done everything I wanted to when I was younger. That's awesome. That's the exact. I, I always tell people, you do what you have to, so you can do what you want to. And you're the opposite. You're like, no, I did what I wanted to before I had to do what I had to. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah. So I have no All regrets. Right. Um, but now, you know, what I'm doing now is gives me a lot of opportunities too to do things that I can do now, which were not possible back then. Oh, for sure. The landscape is so different. Like I, you know, I, I started my company over 10 years ago now, and my vision was to make it a full service consulting firm. And I did that. And then I realized, you know what, with what happened, what's happening in the world now and the technology, I can do so much better yes. than a full service consulting firm for people. Cause it's, it becomes very pricey. Um, I can make this cheaper. I can make it better. I can make it more accessible. And the landscape is just completely different of what's possible. So how did you get from sales, corporate sales to this? There's a gap. Yeah. So I was getting tired of being in New York uh, after about 10 years. Um, you know, just a lot of different issues for anyone that lived in New York from the parking to, um, well, parking fines and, you know, just the snow. Um, 
the hectic life, the expensive rents, like just everything. Like, you know, when you live there long enough, other people, it was like an exodus too back then. A lot of people were just leaving. Like, no, we're yeah. way tired of it. I, I always say I did my time. I grew up in New York, the, yeah. I did 23 years. I, I paid my dues. That's what I feel too. Like anyone asking about, oh, New York was so great. I was like, yeah, I already did my time. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, I'm very happy here on the West Coast, in the sun. Everyone's, you know, in New York, if they don't like you, they'll curse you out to your face. And if in LA, if they don't like you, they curse you out behind your back. It's just like a little more pleasant. It's a little more pleasant, yeah. Yeah, exactly, that's all. It took me a while to get rid of that New York thing too. You know, I was so <laughs> blonde for a long time. People were I just still like, have. It's definitely part of what I carried with me, but like in a nice way. Yeah, I'm trying to be nicer too, a little softer. Like sometimes <laughs> I will not say it. I'll just look and they see by the look what I think. Mm -hmm. I won't say it. I hear that. I hear yeah, that. So I was, again, impulsive. And I was like, okay, I'm done with New York. And I was looking around for something to get into. Um, and I started looking for businesses. And I found a coffee shop by Atlanta, uh, mm -hmm. like the size of Starbucks. You know, pretty okay. nice coffee shop. Oh. And I bought into that. And just moved down. Um, quickly realized it's not a good business for me. I don't like uh, being a watchdog, you know, making sure everything's working. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> Really you know. not fun to run a coffee shop when you don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee either, so I, I totally get that. Yeah, I'm more of a green tea guy. But it's it just seemed like, you know, something to get me started. And I took a break. You know, I, I sold a coffee shop. And I was online. And I remember there was this guy on the Warrior Forum. Um, I don't know how I got into that. I just found it. And he was making uh, AdSense websites. So what he said is he used to walk around Walmart, look at all the different products, um, see what's selling, then look up their domains. So like something like storagebins.com and all, all of these different domains, right? Just pick them. It was very easy to rank them back then on Google. Mm -hmm. uh, just by having the domain and a little bit of content, you could get to the number one or two or three very quickly. And yeah. it was just a volume game. You know, just yeah, back, back in the day, that's what SEO was. People still think it's that. I always have to remind people like, no, no, no. it's not 2005 <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it's not 2005, but that was the start, you know, and I created a pretty good system. We were building about 150 to 200 websites per, per month. Wow. Um, and, you know, we quickly got to five figures and life was sweet mm -hmm. for a little bit. <laughs> for a little bit until until google what was the first one penguin walrus the the first update that like killed every seo thing that everyone had done yeah it was it was a penguin or a panda I yeah think it was a panda. The, but panda. the main thing uh that hurt us was you know we were paying into all the blog networks mm. um, i don't know if listeners know what that is but it used to be, well, I still, people do them still, but it's like, it was a thing from back in the days where someone would own like a thousand websites and you would pay them per month and they would let you maybe write like 50 articles per week and put it on a different blog. So you had 50 backlinks to your website, which would raise them up. Um, and we bought into a lot of these. And after like two years, Google shut all of them down with one yeah. of these updates. That was right? that update. Yeah. That shut down all of that. Yeah. So we, you know, got pretty much put outside with everything. I was like, yeah. well, okay, we have thousands of blog posts, which are not used anymore. We spent right. all this money and I had a good team. So I figured, okay, let's see if I can make them sustainable some, you know, in some other way. And I heard someone mention that the Kindle book business mm -hmm. was, you know, oh, doing okay back then. It was brand new. Um, and I said, okay, well, let's take these blog posts because they were in the same niches usually, mm -hmm. uh, create longer articles out of them put them out as Kindle books 
and just see what happens. So I just created a system. I didn't really watch it. I was getting more into the SEO for small business mm -hmm. um, just by walking around the streets and being like, hey, you know, you're a mechanic. Your website sucks. You have no Google places. Let me work. You know, and, and a lot of them paid me to actually learn how to figure this stuff out. But my Not team uh, quickly made a decent income from the Kindle books. After like three, four months, they were breaking even. You know, I had 14 employees. Nice. So I said, okay, let's ramp this up. And once again, you know, got to five figures really quick. Um, and that worked for years. Last year, we shut the business down after too many changes and just Amazon was, um, I don't know, but I just wasn't into it for years anymore. It was bringing in money for nothing, but I just felt like this is boring. This is not going to last. <laughs> it's a matter what of time. Were they? they were just mini eBooks. Like what were they selling? Um, so I personally never read one of them. <laughs> But we did have over 5,000 at the end. Oh my God. I, what, people buy them for a quarter? Like, what were these? No, they, they sold for between 2 and $5. And they were actual books? They were white? Yeah, yeah. Cars? Some of like, them were actually like 80, 90 pages, you know? And oh, wow. So what I found, um, just by, you know, I did a little testing with, with, uh, with the books. Like, that was my only thing that I was interested in. I figured out that they were pretty bad about duplicate content, okay? Mm -hmm. So what I found, if you put in images, even though they're same images, you can actually write the content, put it in as images, and they won't even know the difference. They think it's original. Oh, wow. So like we would have, let's say like, um, how to start a business in this field. And we found like 80 or 100 or 200 fields. And half the info would be the same because when you're starting a business, a lot of the stuff is the same. So we would just put in the same 40, 50 pictures and then only the unique content would be at the end. You know, wow. business. So I think a lot of the books were like that. Once I figured out that system, they were just cranking them out because they, they had to write maybe 20 original pages and everything else was written once and 400 books would all have that same content, except that little piece. And did you ever get any positive reviews? Like were they we did. We we did. They were helpful. That's amazing. It was, yeah, it was, I mean, we had some one star, we had some three star and five star, just like any other book. Just like it, any was, other book. it was hilarious. That's crazy. That's crazy. But you know what? In the, such, in the early days like that, when there's nothing else out there and people are coming and they're searching and you're putting in valuable content, so who cares that it's repetitive? That's part of the marketing is the hook, right? So taking a book that it's helpful, how to start a business and then, you know, in construction and adding that little bit, I totally yeah. hear that. Fast. Yeah. Really, absolutely genius. So to write the original template, I would um, record some of my ideas because I've ran businesses, so the info was good. You know, even yeah. though we repeat the info, it was really good info. Um, and I would also help them with the initial hook because then they would just change the field. Right. But you know, I would help them with the copy because I thought you know the only thing that's going to sell this is the copy. For sure. Um, and so are these all in your name? Like, are you just nope. like like multiple? Nope. Not topics? even one was in wow. my name. Wow. Oh. So what are they published under? Now we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna uh, go look for them. I would I would have to look. I really don't know. Like we had <laughs> we had one employee, and she was a really good fiction writer, and her whole job was just to make up names. And <laughs> <laughs> talk about assembly line. This is great. We did. We had a really good assembly line. We were also pumping out about 110, 20 books at one point per month. Wow. <clears throat> okay, so I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing a pattern then then what well you know well they were there to online courses so while they were doing that like i told you i was starting to get into the seo business mm -hmm. you know just something i can actually do and one of the places that i started working with was a gym in atlanta mm -hmm. uh, and the manager was a muay thai champion uh chike Lindsay. he you know he fought around a lot you know i we became really good friends 
And once you've seen the job I did for the gym, because I ranked them number one for all the major keywords and they were making a lot of money. He's mm-hmm. like, well, I do some one-on-one training sometimes. Can we put this online? And back then I was like, I have no idea. Ah. But sure, you know, the impulsive thing again, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. You know, and we put it up and he's like, can you help me market it? I was like, I have no clue if I can. But once again, let's do it. And it took me a while to figure it out, you know, maybe a year and a half or two, but we, we made it work. Then he sent a few other people my way. Some other people came up like, Tom, can you help us with this? I quickly realized I hate creating online courses because <laughs> it's all hand-holding and babysitting. I'm like, I am not a good babysitter, you know? I hear that. But based on your background, I'm not hearing the babysitter <laughs> no. thing. But the marketing, yeah. I'm like, that's fun. Yeah. I like that, you know, and especially since... I've done so many, I can kind of figure it out easier, you know, because courses are a little different, right? You've got to figure out the pricing, the transformation. There's a few things in there which you don't need with a different service. Like the way I sell my uh, course marketing service is different than we sell the course. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?